The Jay Runham Show with your hosts, uh, Jay Runham. Welcome to the Jay Runham Show. This week on the show, I've got a very special uh, guest, very special interview with uh, the Edmonton Filmed Cutbanks director, Matt Shackman. Matt, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Matt, uh, Matt was here, I guess you guys were here back in August filming Cutbank? Yeah, August of, well, July, June, July of 2013, actually. Oh, geez, that's a ways back. Um, yeah. and it was, and it was your first film, too. It was your first major film. It was my first film, major or minor. Um, I've been working <laughs> a lot in television and theater and working hard to get, to get a film off the ground and, uh, and cut bank. Uh, we managed to, to, to get going, get it to the starting line. So it's very exciting. Well, and congratulations on, I mean, that's a pretty big achievement. What, what was it like filming your first, uh, first movie? It was exciting. Um, it, it, I thought when I would, you know, make that move to film from television that I was used to working really fast in TV and that film would be luxurious in a way. Uh, and I was wrong. I was completely wrong. <laughs> an independent film that's <laughs> scrappy and fast, much faster than you could ever realize. But we had a great crew and, you know, we shot it just outside of Edmonton, uh, in a little town, uh, called Innisfree. That was sort of our headquarters for the, for the, the town of Cutbank in the film. And then we shot a ton in the Edmonton area as well. Uh, and the crew uh, in Edmonton was fantastic. Everybody who worked on the film um, gave their blood, sweat, and tears to, to making it happen, and I, I couldn't be more grateful to them and to the community of Edmonton. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I love it. Love hearing that Edmonton get some props. Uh, how did how did you originally get involved uh, with the project? You know, it was I. I, I had the script sent to me by three different people on the same day. My agent, uh, my manager that I work with, and also a producer named Dan Cohen who, who produced the film and who I had worked with on another project a few years ago. And so when something arrives from three different people on the same day, you really have to take it seriously. And uh, I read it and I thought it was great. Um, I love the language. I love the world. I thought the story was really fun. And as a, as a genre piece, it kind of combined all sorts of really fun tones in a way that I hadn't seen before. So I was excited. And, uh, and I started working with Roberto, the screenwriter on the script. And we, we tinkered with it for a little while together. And then we started assembling, uh, actors and bringing people on board and, and starting to make it, make it real and make it happen. Awesome. And, and the, the choice to kind of move to Edmonton, did that happen? Uh, while you guys were kind of editing and making the script, or is that more of a uh, into production and you got your actors and you you kind of just uh, almost ready to film? Yeah, more the latter than the former. You know, first you work on the story and get everything great, and you start to try to figure out who's going to be in it, and and then once you have a sense of who's going to be in it, you try to figure out you know how how are we going to make this? How much is it going to cost? Where are we going to go to shoot it? And Edmonton was incredibly welcoming, and and that's uh, the reason why we 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 came there. If it hadn't been for uh, the support of the folks in Edmonton, uh, we wouldn't have been able to make it happen financially. Um, and and also Edmonton has a has a really good crew base in Calgary as well, and so we were able to to get people who are really good at what they do uh, to help us make the film. Even though it's set in Cutbank, Montana, you know we couldn't have made it down there in Cutbank, Montana, which is a town of a few thousand folks. Um, and uh, getting all the equipment and the gear and the crew, all that stuff out there to the middle of nowhere would have been really tough. So that's why we ended up doing it in Edmonton. Yeah, and I mean, it looks beautiful. As a as a small-town Alberta boy, uh, watching Cupbank, I was like, oh, Alberta looks so beautiful on the big screen. You guys did such a great job. Uh, oh, good. I, 
I scouted oh. in July. I was just going to say I scouted in July of 2012, and we were there right when the canola fields were blooming, and that became kind of a signature element for the film. And we thought we'd be shooting in wheat fields, corn fields, the kind of classic um, heartland look. Um, but uh, when I discovered those beautiful yellow fields, and we timed out our shoot so we could take advantage of them, and I don't think uh, you've seen those in film before. And it's one of the most beautiful things about a summer in Edmonton. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to agree with you that the yellow on um, like a dark, dark gray sky when there's a, a storm rolling in, that's picture perfect Alberta. I know you guys captured that on more than a few occasions in the movie. So, oh, yeah. Was there any, you said it, it's kind of hasn't been shown in, in film before, but was there any, uh, any particular movies or, or, uh, art or anything that influenced the look of Cut Bank for you anyway? Definitely. Uh, in terms of photographers, uh, uh, Eggleston, Todd Hito, guys that are, that are doing sort of small town, uh, heart of America kind of photography, um, uh, Avidan's portraits of, uh, of the American West, um, definitely were a big influence. And then film wise, we were looking at movies like Last Picture Show, Blood Simple, Badlands, movies like that. Um, Certainly, Coen Brothers are a big influence, and I love Blood Simple. It's you know their first film. It's dark and and also a, a really good black comedy, but a strong thriller as well. So we were we were inspired by that one. Um, and then you know the story of a guy who feels trapped in a small town who yearns to get out where everybody knows everybody else. That's very much Last Picture Show. Definitely, yeah, no, and uh, it, you guys did a very good job of kind of making Cut Bank almost uh, uh, another character in the film and. By by uh, extension, Alberta, I guess, kind of. Yeah, it's a funny funny combo there, right? Because you know there really is a great town of Cut Bank, and it has a lot less violence <laughs> than the one that's great on screen. It's a really lovely town, but you know that kind of small town charm that people know everybody else. That kind of Norman Rockwell Americana, the the one street town with the the one stoplight kind of vibe is very much the real cut bank. Um, and so that part we borrowed, uh, the rest of it, we obviously made up. Um, but in the little town of industry, just outside of Edmonton, lovely place. It was very much the same vibe where, you know, everyone goes to the small cafe in the morning and you hear about who, who passed away and who was born and who got married and all that sort of stuff of everyday life. Um, it feels like uh, the play our town, you know, um, and they were they were very welcoming uh, as well. And so, yeah, we tried to capture that 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 feeling of the town as a character for sure. And so, you, you talk about uh, going out to to industry. It's about uh, I think it's about an hour fifteen, hour and a half out of Edmonton. Uh, what what did a typical day look for you guys then? Were you guys staying out there for a lot of the shooting, or were you staying in Edmonton? No, we we came back and forth. Um, uh, you know, it is a long way, but uh, we didn't stay out there. Uh, there wasn't much, uh, you know, in the way of, uh, uh, room to house the whole crew. You know, when you have <laughs> yeah. over a hundred people. Yeah. You know, industry didn't have a big hotel that could, could take us all. And, and Vagerville was kind of, I guess, the next biggest place where we probably could have housed everyone. But at that point, it just made more sense just to drive in from, from Edmonton. Uh, and I think we left our gear there, you know, overnight and stuff. And then just the crew would travel back and forth. Uh, a couple of times we went out there and stayed the night when we wanted to see what it looked like late at night, what the lights would look like, um, and what it would look like early in the morning so we could time our, our shooting and figure out um, how to make it look uh, the best um, for, for the scenes that we were shooting. So, uh, But that would have been just a smaller group of me and the DP and the producer. Oh, okay. And 
And was there, you were talking earlier too about some of the stuff you guys filmed, actually filmed here in Edmonton, without obviously spoiling any of the movie or, or going too far into detail, uh, what were those scenes? Was it? A, a lot of the, of the film was shot in the Edmonton area. It's amazing how you know, I'm, I'm working right now in Toronto and we're using Toronto to stand in for Japan and California and Texas and all these different places. Um, it's amazing how if you carefully look at a city, you can find the architecture that works. And there, with, that, with just a stone's throw distance from the center of town in Edmonton, we could find farms and, and houses for Billy Bob's character, or, you know, the, the cabin where, where Derby Milton lives, the basement of his, his cabin, um, the, the local restaurant, Jory's, where Oliver Platt and John Malkovich have a lunch together. All those things were right, you know, a stone's throw from, from downtown Edmonton. Um, so yeah, you can, you can, you can put together a really good looking remote place as long as you just don't turn around and see the Edmonton skyline. You can, you can, you can cheat it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Really. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, Speaking of, I don't want to say cheat it, but uh, what are what are some of the really good advice you've been given as a director, or really good advice you'd like to give as a director? You, uh, I got great advice from the person who sort of was my chief mentor in sort of getting started in this business. Is a director named Ed Swick, who's done a lot of really fabulous films like uh, Last Samurai and Glory and uh, Blood Diamond movies like that. And, you know, so before I started shooting, I asked him, I said, you know, what's your advice? And, and he sent me a, a long list of things, but, you know, it's, it's all about the, 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 the movie that you have in your head is never the movie that you end up making. And the movie that you end up making is, is a, is, is made up of all of the different sort of experience that you have during the day, the work you have with the actors, with the, with the designers, the cinematographers, and it's an evolving process. And so, Part of it is just being open to the best things that are happening in front of you. Um, you. You'll never get the thing exactly that you had in your head. So what you want to do is you want to build something that's even better than what you had in your head, and that's going to come from from what's happening in front of you. Um, it's also about being, you know, careful with your time. You know, like anything, it's it's about knowing how much time you have to do something and, and prioritizing. You know, what are the scenes you can do more expediently, and what are the things you want to spend more time and be really careful and intricate with. And, and you, you balance those priorities because in the end, it, it's definitely a study of sort of time and motion and, and you have to figure out how you, how you're going to make all of that work to your advantage. Um, and you know, ultimately it's, it's about collaboration and about sticking to your vision where you, where you need to, but about being open to all of those great ideas and you make something better than what you, what you have in your mind. Awesome. So yeah, collaboration is kind of a, a big key. Definitely. You know, it's, uh, it's important to have a plan. It's important, you know, so that, uh, those moments when everybody turns to you and just says, you know, stares at you, like, what are we doing next? Um, you have to be able to say, this is what we're doing next. This is how we're going to do it. But if somebody says, yeah, but did you think about doing it this way? And you go, gosh, you know, I hadn't thought about doing that that way, but that's kind of cool. Let's do that. Um, and then sometimes you'll get some people say, hey, do you think about doing it this way? And you go, you know, that's a cool idea, but I just want to stick to my guns and do it this way. And, and in the end, I, I feel like this will make more sense with all the other little decisions I've made leading up to this moment. And so it's on you as the director to kind of ultimately decide which way you're going to go and and live with the consequences of it hmm. and did you did you have any of those moments uh on the cut bank uh sets were there any moments of hey we should try this oh my goodness why didn't we think of that before this worked out so good oh yeah hundreds every day you know too many to to mention specifically none too exciting but along the way every day you have those moments where it's a you know whether it's a a costume idea or whether it's a lighting idea or an actor's idea moment 
a piece of behavior, um, a, a slight dialogue tweak, um, a location that might be different than what you thought you might want to shoot that in, all of a sudden gives you new opportunities. Um, so yeah, every day. Cool. Very cool. And, uh, just going off, off topic a little bit, um, is there any, were there any films or videos or movies that you've watched recently that, uh, really inspired you or that you're really, really loving right now? That's a good question. I wish I had more time to be watching stuff just because I've been so sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of, uh, snowed in with the current project that I'm working on. But from the last batch of movies, I remember being incredibly impressed with, with, uh, Whiplash, Damien Chazelle's movie, but that was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a great independent film shot in 19 days. It is beautifully shot, beautifully great performances. And I thought he just, he just killed it. Um, I thought Nightcrawler was terrific. I love that kind of 70s style anti-hero movie. Performances were great. Looked like a million bucks. I loved that view of Los Angeles that I had never seen before. That kind of sodium vapor, LA, all yellows. And it just felt very different and well done. So those two stood out for me in the last batch of awards contenders. Yeah. Two very like, actor-driven uh, indie movies. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, Cut Bank was very uh, actor-driven as well. Malkovich, I thought, killed it. Uh, Billy Bob had a nice transition, had a nice uh, uh, work through the through this character. And and Mr., uh, I was going to call him Liam Neeson, but it's Liam Hemsworth, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's a famous he, Liam's. Yeah, he was very good as well. Great. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you thought so. I think it was a fun group of actors, some who I have admired for, you know, many, many, many years, like Malkovich, uh, who's, who not only is working film, but is working theater too, has been a huge inspiration to me, all the way up to some of the, the, the younger performers who are starting to really make their mark, like Liam and Teresa, who are great. Um, and then, you know, Michael Stuhlbarg, who I think is one of the great performances in the movie, is a brilliant guy who I just saw in the theater for the first time and, and then I've been following through movies like, you know, A Serious Man and Boardwalk Empire, and he's just a complete yeah. chameleon and I think does a great job as Derby. I didn't even put those two together. I was like, oh, Derby is, a, oh man, I, you just put it together for me. And Bruce Dern, of course, too, did a great job. Yeah, he's one of my heroes, and it was such a pleasure to get a chance to work with him. And uh, speaking of the actors, was was there any? Did you guys do any kind of improvising? Was there any letting the actors kind of just go for it, or was it very much uh, uh, kind of working within the script? Bruce is kind of famous for uh, for his Dernsies, his uh, his sort of little improv bits that he kind of tosses out there. He's been doing it his whole career, and some I think some of the best moments from his classic films are, are things that he he threw in there at the last minute. Um, so there's definitely a couple of moments in the movie that are that are all Bruce Dern uh, little moments that he threw in, um, and uh, they're great. I love them. Uh, and then you know with 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 other actors, uh, take for instance John Malkovich. We worked together on the script very closely, and he would come up to me, you know, a few days before he'd shoot a scene and he'd say, I was thinking about this and, you know, we'd make some cuts or he'd, we'd tinker with some dialogue a little bit, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, for the most part, you know, the script was one of the things that brought everybody to the table. We were all really excited about the, the language that, that Roberto, uh, you know, the very specific way that these people spoke. Um, it was unusual. It was different. It was original. And it was a, it was a big selling point, I think, to a lot of the actors and to me for why we wanted to get involved. So people were very respectful of the script. Oh, that's good. that's definitely good. I mean, obviously, yeah. When you have a really good script, you wanna wanna keep to it uh, as much as you can with with a little bit of uh, leeway, of course. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what what what's next for you? What are, what are you uh, what are you working on next that you can tell us about, anyways? 
I'm right in the middle of doing uh, the pilot for the new version of Heroes. It's called Heroes Reborn. Um, oh, yeah. show a uh, big hit for NBC a few years back called Heroes, and we're doing a new version, a couple of returning characters, but mostly a new group of people. And it's really, really fun, really ambitious. I'm excited. Yeah, I remember seeing the, I think it was a Super Bowl ad for it. Very interesting, very, uh, very mysterious. Definitely. Yeah, that was a great little ad, and um, I should say little, a great big ad, because it was <laughs> the Super Bowl had really <laughs> saw it. Uh, it was very well done. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be really ambitious uh, in terms of its narrative, its visuals, and, and I'm excited, because, you know, since the first one came out, um, there's been so much in the comic book world with Marvel and DC taking over the big screen and also the little screen. Um, so uh, I'm excited for what we can do to kind of push it forward into the next generation. You know, what's what, what's fresh and new that we can do now with this with this genre? Yeah, and and what's that what's that transition like? What's it like going from kind of the indie, uh, very character driven movie to over to TV and the pilot and superheroes and uh, rebooting a franchise. Well, the secret is that it's all cool character-driven stuff, you know. (laughs) The the reason why I love doing it is whether people have special powers or whether they're just trying to get out of their small Montana town, that all of it is, you know, is is really good character-driven stuff. Um, And then it's a pleasure to get a chance to work, you know, whether it's doing a show like Mad Men and you're, you're in a period setting in a very specific kind of world or whether you're in a in the world of heroes where it's very ambitious and you're covering the globe, big global narrative, or whether it's in a really tiny, small throwback town, uh, you know, each one has their own sort of challenges, but at the root of it, you know, the thing that I love about all the theater that I do as well is that it's all just human stories and, you know, things are, can be comedic, they can be tragic, you know, they can be both at the same time, but what's behind all of that stuff is just the same thing. Just people just wanting something and going after it. Very cool. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, well, Matt. I mean, that's that's all the questions I have for you today. I was I was thinking, oh, I might be able to get through half of it, but we got through all the questions I had. Thank you uh, very much for uh, being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, where can where can people check out more of your work, or uh, or what what should we uh, tell them to go watch? Go watch Cuphead. Why? Well, why don't I just say that? So go, go, <laughs> yeah. go check out Cuphead. Go check out Cuphead. Coming to a coming to a theater very soon near you. If you've made it this far, you might as well tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to The Jay Runham Show.